0: From Studio A in Podcast Village, Upper Georgetown, Washington, D.C., this is the best political talk show you've never heard of. It's Backroom Politics with your host and moderator, Justin Russell. Hey there, Radioland. Welcome to what is basically our final podcast of the year. This is our 2019... 29th- no. I know, shocking. It's our 2019 <laughs> recap Uh, where we kind of talk about all the the stories that hit during the past year and kind of take a little bit look forward into 2020, the new year. But joining me as they do every time we record this show, well, at least as many times as they can, in studio with me, he is the former political Democratic operative and Joe Biden operative, and bar-licensed attorney in the great state of Maryland and the District of Columbia. He's the one we know as Dan Lipner Esquire. Hello, Daniel. Golly, it's good to be here. It is. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. <laughs> it's going to start. And is that a Louis Gomart impression? Yeah, wow. we <laughs> don't have any broccoli. Oh, no. And he's already drinking beer. This can't be good. Uh, the, yeah, and and for the record, we do get beer here. It's, it's one of the nice benefits of Podcast Village. Uh, out in a undisclosed location in... <laughs> In the Bay State of Massachusetts, he is the author of such books as uh, American Politics on the Rocks. He is the one we know as Rich Rubino. Hello, Rich. Hello, Justin. And working behind the glass for us is the proprietor <laughs> of said podcast village and the enabler of Dan Lipner's drinking problem. He is the one we know <laughs> as Charlie Bernie. Hello, Charles. I
1: support drinking and yeah, podcasting
0: the, we, we, <laughs> we, It makes for good podcasting. Somewhere running around is uh, Maddie, the engineer, <laughs> and also uh, Eric Thomas, our producer, is doing Eric the producer type stuff, I, I believe. Anyway, um, so this is our annual recap. I mean, we, we you hear us every every week talk about everything. You hear us spend a lot of time, obviously, this year on the impeachment. That's taken up a lot of news. And if you want to hear our thoughts on the impeachment, you can pretty much go through any podcast uh, since basically April and listen to our thoughts on that. Uh, we've pretty much talked about the 2020 uh, Democratic uh primary you've got our thoughts on that but there were a lot of stories that were big news that we usually don't talk about here on backroom <clears throat> politics but I kind of want to go over some of the stuff that we did talk about some of the stuff that we may have missed uh and kind of recap what was a very politically contentious and a very politically uh volatile time in our history uh, Dan you know, L- I hear Donald Trump uses Twitter a bit. He does. He does. <laughs> he does. Um, but here's here's the question for you, Dan Lipner. I mean, outside of the impeachment, outside of the because well, we're going to start here in the United States. Uh, what was the biggest political story outside of impeachment in the Democratic primary that you can think of?
2: Um. The biggest story. I mean, I'm looking at recent history at the moment, uh, saying it's probably two parts. One, the 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 glaring collapse of of Kamala Harris and her run for president from the most populous uh, state in the country as a Democrat, and the remarkable rise of a governor uh, excuse me governor a mayor a mayor mayor of south South bend Bend, indiana Indiana to the top tier of the democratic race i mean that's
0: uh, by any metric that's something how how big of a deal is the withdrawal of kamala harris and the rise of pete buddhij in this primary season that we're going into
2: I mean, to some extent, it's almost a defense of the Iowa and New Hampshire small state process—that the voters spending time, getting to know these folks, and seeing what they actually do, and allowing folks without a lot of money, without a lot of 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 backing, going in to to make their presence known, and it can change things. I mean. It, it's not just this cycle. I mean, Scott, Scott Walker went in as a darling and collapsed in Iowa when people got to meet him uh, because he's using his – and I, I'm not making this up – his Boy Scout Eagle Scout as – as evidence that he was prepared to deal with foreign policy as president. Um, yeah, that's on the Republican side. I mean, it, there there is something to be said that voters, when given the opportunity to really get to know politicians, make some decent decisions.
1: Richard, Bino, yeah. you agree with that? Yeah, I, well, the Buttigieg rise, absolutely. But I would also say that I think the biggest story is the collapse of identity politics in the Democratic Party. And this is really an amazing phenomenon. Think of it. Joe Biden excluded. You have... Pete Buttigieg getting most of his support from people who are over 50. You have Bernie, who's a guy who's literally 37 years old. You have Bernie Sanders, who's 78 years old. His biggest demographic is 18 to 35. Um, 18 to 35 year old voters, and then you have African Americans not supporting Cory Booker, not supporting Kamala Harris, not supporting Devall Patrick, not supporting Wayne Mason, but supporting Joe Biden, a 77 year old white guy. I mean, it's just amazing. And then you know Elizabeth Warren, her demographic isn't necessary. Her her demographic that she's trying to go for, which is more or less kind of the white downscale voters, she's instead getting a lot of kind of upscale voters who would probably hurt the least, hurt the most based on her economic plan. I mean, so it's just, it, it just an interesting phenomenon that's going on in the party. You don't necessarily have, you know, African-Americans like in back in Jesse Jackson was running. Most African-Americans supported Jesse Jackson this time around. You had two very, vi- three, four viable, very viable Democratic candidates that are African-American, yet Joe Biden is doing, is doing predominantly well among that constituency. Meanwhile, Pete Buttigieg, you know, he's not doing, he gets like about two or three percent amongst, well, amongst millennials, amongst Jack and ears. He's doing very well amongst, you know, 60-year-olds, 70-year-olds. It's a fascinating phenomenon.
0: Is, is Michael Bloomberg part of the equation as far as a big story I mean, in he's
2: 2020? Be, he's been, I mean, he's a big story, but he's been in the race about 20 minutes, and everything he's – any movement he's got in the polls he's, is from dumping a – I won't use the exact phrase that's in my mind, but a – Buttload. You use buttload. A, a buttload of money, and and even that buttload of money that he's dropping – is still, at the tail end of all of his ads, has a clear target on Donald Trump. So while I'm not exactly excited about Bloomberg entering the race, I I sort of appreciate the fact he's softening the ground against Trump.
0: But does the withdrawal of Kamala Kamala Harris, the the lack of really big financial support going to Cory Booker, for example, uh, the— Kamala Harris— did have a ton of financial support.
2: It just didn't get her anywhere. Well, it anywhere. didn't
0: get her anywhere, and apparently they blew through it like a sailor on leave. I mean, it's. I guess the question is: Are we seeing a ideological or definitive change in what the Democratic Party is?
1: Uh, I think that it's more no. I think that we're seeing that we're seeing the chism, The, the um, we're seeing right now the divide between the two between the two bloodlines. First of all. There are no conservative Democrats running. It used to be that there would always be, whether it was Richard Russell from Georgia or even Al Gore in 1988, there'd always be someone from the conservative wing. They're gone. Now what you have is essentially center-left Democrats. You have these Joe Biden, and you have Pete Buttigieg, Michael Bennett, and then you have the, and then you have essentially the kind of quasi-socialist um, wing, which with Bernie Sanders and then Elizabeth Warren, although she says she's a capitalist that supports the cop and the beat. But that's really where the, where the fight is in the Democratic Party, is do you win by getting persuadable voters and disenchanted Republicans, like I think Buttigieg and Joe Biden would say, or do you win by essentially expanding the playing field, the electoral playing field, like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders would say, by getting the disaffected and by getting, um, by getting younger voters and getting them out to the polls? And that's really where um, that's really where the schism okay. in the party is today. Dan Littner.
2: So I'm going to add something else to the Biden and Buttigieg uh, marks. And that's the the decency caucus. Uh, both Buttigieg and Biden, more so Biden, uh, seem to represent the decency caucus. And Elizabeth Warren um, and she, she is not a spring chicken either. So she might be looking at her, her window of, of time to run for president also narrowing and um, She is becoming more aggressive. And her last statements uh, most recently about saying that, you know, if you for a split second think Republicans are going to suddenly turn around and and change their stripes or something along those lines, um, I think there is a desire to at least reach out to decent Republicans. And I think both Biden and Buttigieg suggest that while elected Republicans are one thing. Republican voters uh as this show represents since we are a bipartisan show yeah there are decent republicans out there unfortunately there aren't many in federal office but, <laughs> the, but are we, there are, are we, decent republicans out there are
0: we starting to see a shift from cuz it seems like to me like 2016 was kind of a a a, a fault line moment for the democrats where the bicoastal elitists kind of lost touch with the Rust Belt people that put them in office many times, i.e., I give you Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Wisconsin, Ohio, uh, Minnesota even. Do, That's one popular
2: oh, vote by three million votes and but lost wait, 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 wait. four Rust Belt states by 70,000.
0: No, no, but what I'm saying to you is are, are we starting to see almost a push from a a liberal left to a more center left approach of the candidates and the Democratic Party going forward? Again, I, I, I think
2: that's too two dimensional. Because um, the-, can the, can the can the two survive? Well, again, it, 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 you're, you're talking two-dimensional dimension, two math. That it's simply a line on on on, on a a XY very access. an x y axis where there's an x y z and I don't know what the third dimension so, would be. So, what, the,
0: what, what is the third dimension? Well, so the, the Elizabeth
2: Warren prior to her. Medicare for all approach. One of the things that she did when she she used to be a Republican, uh, part of her research that she did and part of her turn to being a Democrat was based on bankruptcies of all things, that she is literally one of the principal folks that did research that figured out that people declaring bankruptcy in this country wasn't a moral defect. The number one and number two reasons for bankruptcy in this country, number one, health costs. Right. And number two is family disruption, meaning divorce, and then number number three is loss of job. Right. So, which by the way links directly to number
0: two. Right, <laughs> Rich Urbina, you agree with Dan?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that you know Elizabeth Warren up until 1996, of course, was a Republican. Um, but you know, it's interesting what you, I mean, I think what you're seeing again is you're seeing kind of. I think, and this it, this is kind of perilous for the Democratic Party because. There is really no precedent of a Democrat running on, running as a contemporary liberal and winning. You know, the closest would probably be George McGovern in 1972 when he won Massachusetts and the District of Columbia. Republicans try to make even even somewhat moderate Democrats like Michael Dukakis into kind of this caricature of an out-of-touch leftist, and it's very hard. It doesn't mean it's impossible. But, you know, the history on both sides, Barry Goldwater running as an unadulterated conservative in 1964, wins six states, George McGovern wins one state, and I think that, go back to 1992, after the party had lost three straight elections, that year the two front runners were Paul Songus and Bill Clinton, the two most conservative candidates, because the party decided that they wanted somebody that was actually going to win. This time around, I think Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders are trying to make the case that there's a different way to win, whereas I think Pete Buttigieg and Joe Biden are saying we have to do exactly what we did in 1992, and that is essentially to appeal to centrists, to appeal to suburbanites, and but also to appeal to <laughs> white working-class voters. And I'll say one other thing about Hillary Clinton. A fascinating story of 2016 is how poorly she did with those white working-class voters in the, in the Rust Belt, considering the fact that in 2008 – that was her ballot. That was her constituency. Every time she was seen as the blue-collar candidate, that was her girl. I mean, that was she was their girl, rather. She did very well in lots of places, in Michigan and Ohio, in the primaries against Barack Obama. Right. Why did she lose all those supporters in the general election in 2016? That is part of the story of when, that election. When, when, really br- when Brooklyn became
2: hipsters, that's why she lost it. <laughs> yeah, that's no, true. <laughs> but
1: no, but, no, but uh, that's, a, that's real a real quick.
2: point. Right. So uh, going back to Bill Clinton, and these are stories that I took to – I've worked on other campaigns, other other than for Joe Biden, right? And one candidate in particular, uh, after he lost his uh, first run for 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 Congress, and he as a pull side, you know, a week after he lost, and he was thinking about running again. Uh, this is an upstate New York. He asked me what what he should do in the off. I said two things: raise money, and I will paraphrase what I said. Shoot stuff. Yeah. And he said, what? <laughs> um, because one of the things that I learned, I'm, I'm a, I am grew up in Miami. I've never right. shot an animal, though I've shot guns. Right. Much to my surprise, there are subsistence hunters in this country. Yeah. Meaning- the, People the, who actually eat n- no, what no, they kill. Not just eat, need to eat what they kill because pr- getting meat in fr- from the stores is, is expensive. So- right. the, the, g- Getting turkey or deer or whatever, right? That's a thing. So right. the Democrats being against assault weapons is one thing. Being against guns across the board, that's a that's a thing. So right. being able to draw those lines and where Bill Clinton would, you know, went pigeon hunting after he got elected, right? That's a yep. thing, right? Uh, so there is a, there there is a way to reach out to. To working class Dem- folks who should be working class Democrats, right. and still saying you you get how they live, you get their identities, right. and
0: without looking down on them
2: from you know hipster
0: Brooklyn, right? Uh, Rich yeah. Rubino, uh One of the other big stories that happened in 2019 is the long-awaited uh, Mueller report, uh, and the follow-on. That was this year. Th- hearing, yeah, that was this year. <laughs> believe it or not, uh, and the and the uh, and the follow-on hearing where former FBI director Robert Mueller uh, appeared before congressional hearing. Um, as we look at history on this, is is the Mueller report significant? Is it irrelevant? Is it? Uh, something that we will remember in a 100 years, or has this tainted Robert Mueller's legacy forever?
1: Um, it's something, I, I don't know how much it's going to be remembered. I think it's going to be more or less kind of a footnote in history because that's not what the, uh, at least the impeachment, is going to be seen as at least the Ukraine issue as opposed to, I mean, I know they're interrelated and there's a lot of intersection there, but it's not necessarily, I don't think people are necessarily going to look at the Russia report as the reason for um, the impeachment. They're just going to look at the whole Ukraine issue, and I think that's probably more. That's probably more prominent, but certainly it's going to be something that people are going to study in history. It's almost. Going to, I guess it's going to be similar to um, there was a resolution by Father John in Massachusetts that would have impeached President Nixon for his invasion of Laos and Cambodia, but it never got anywhere. That's probably similar to this.
0: Dan Littner, you agree? Once this is.
2: Left to people who actually review law and in the history of how these things go through, the Mueller report is going to, in my opinion, floor folks. because Not because of the first part, but because of the second. The obstruction from the president and all the president's men. Um, The fact that one party didn't move at all on that is still amazing and worse yet how that wasn't the big takeaway from the Mueller report um, I think people are going to be baffled by that for decades
0: uh, the one of the other one of the other stories that came out and and by the way this list I want to give a shout out to our producer Eric Thomas who put this list together for us to kind of discuss we've got an hour to go over an entire year of uh, news that happened but it's funny we saw a lot of uh, the networks and the news networks talking about this college admission scandal this pay for play into college uh, by some very rich people is 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 that a thing Rich white people game the
2: system in their, their in their in their own interests? Wait. <laughs>
0: spoken, you know, Tell like me a, more. Spoken like a true Democrat. And what she didn't row, but she got into USC. Um is that a is oh. that a thing? I mean, that 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 took up a lot of news time. Is that something that we're gonna remember or was this just uh, meet for a celebrity gossip I think town. people are going to have to get in the old-fashioned way
2: their parents are going to have to build a building and put their name <laughs> on it in order to get their kids entered into a college. Uh, I mean, it
0: doesn't bother you that a cast member from one of the most wholesome TV shows, Full House, is now under an indictment and probably going to go to jail? Wait,
2: are, are, are you saying- And Becky's at, going to jail. Are, are
0: you saying-
2: Hollywood actors don't necessarily live the values they are trying to represent <gasps> on the
0: screen? No. <laughs> Man. It's you're, Aunt you're, Becky. You're, you're you're ruining my world. Dude, Aunt Becky is going to prison. It's it's she's going to prison for like fifteen minutes. <laughs> still she's going to prison, dude. It's Aunt
1: Becky. I'm still shocked Paris Hilton was in there.
0: <laughs> That's true too. And she got out pretty safe.
1: Uh, yeah, she Rich- got out though, and the funny thing was, there were actually people outside that were her fans who were waiting for her at like midnight, standing outside waiting for her to be is, waiting for her to uh, to be it, to be free.
0: Is it? I mean, it 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 still captures some TV time, but is is the college scandal a big deal, Rich, or is it just another flash in the pan kind of shiny keys moment?
1: yeah I mean it's not the Battle of Hastings, but I mean it's going to be something that's going to <laughs> um, but it's something that you know I mean it's something that people are going to certainly remember and it's going to be something that people are going to look back upon and they're going to say, you know wow, this is where you know all these all these elitist Hollywood types, but um, I don't think you know it, I don't think right. it rises to the to the level of the Battle of Hastings.
0: Charlie, what are you saying? I,
1: I don't think it gets forgot
0: at all because people like me who are paying one or two
1: tuitions have not forgotten that oh wow yes yeah. that, the- that rang very through to my uh, very you know clearly cut to the core they're like damn it my kid didn't have that advantage <laughs> i couldn't cheat on the sats yeah, yeah that- i don't think any parent who's paying tuition will forget that
0: really yeah. that's an interesting take i mean you're talking to i don't know rich you know you know what i out of out of all this time you've been on the show do you even have kids no okay and dan does but He's, you know he He's got a way to go. Yeah, he's got a real way to go. Uh yeah. Alan Moore has kids. I, I I'm still very excited
2: that Isaac's favorite toy is the little basketball that I got him. So uh Oh you look
0: uh, looking for him to be you know to be the uh star <laughs> senator for NYU? Um do they have a basketball team? Sure, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Maybe um, for Trump University. Yeah, oh that oh good. Do
1: one. they have the sports teams there?
0: They do not. They're no longer around.
1: I thought they had a football team, and the cheerleaders were called the Trumpkins.
0: Wow, you were really you you were really on fire, Rich. I got to tell you, that's impressive. <laughs> uh, the, the other story, some of the other stories that came out, because um, because there were a lot of news that we looked at. Uh, for example, you know we we get caught up in all the political news, and we don't talk about the news of national significance. For example, uh, NASA. You know our space program is taking off, no pun intended, uh, and and really doing dynamic things. NASA had its first all female spacewalk,
2: which after they had enough spacesuits the second time around because they didn't have small enough ones. Well, it still happened. All three, right? Well,
0: (laughs) it still happened. uh, Which you know Donald Trump continued to kind of blast that out of the water by saying, "Oh, it's first time." there's been women in space or something silly like that yeah i believe one of the astronauts actually called him out well, yeah, live were, yeah <laughs> he did well, he said it to the female crew and they were kind of like uh no perhaps you've heard of Sally Ride for example and it's like oh um but you know Wait, for example this president ill informed what and, you know shocking uh right. but but here's the thing is are you know we had the first all female spacewalk in the in the international space station uh nasa captured Uh, NASA scientists at the, uh, I believe it was the Jet Propulsion Laboratory at JPL in California, they caught the first image, uh, uh, the, the true image of a black hole. Rich Rubino, I mean, these, you know, 40 years ago would have captivated news coverage, and yet,
2: that's because the black hole is the president. That he sucks in all the news coverage. <laughs>
0: oh, not bad. Not bad. Right, you, you, hold on. Let's go to Charlie. Charlie, what's the ruling on that one? I just Good think one? Every time he says
1: space force, it turns me off. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's true. Too. Uh,
0: but but Rich, to you, are we are are we experiencing the idiocracy of America? Are we are we dumbing ourselves down to whereas? Some of these great scientific efforts, like what's happening at NASA and the hard work that they're putting in, uh, you know, coming up with new new ways of space travel and new scientific breakthroughs, like finding a, a, a true picture of a black hole, are we what new ways
2: is- are you talking about, other than get it, letting Elon Musk get us into space? What new ways of space travel are you talking about? Well, <laughs> they, they, I mean,
0: the commercialization of space travel is making that, it easier. That, that, making that would be the Elon Musk getting us well, into space. No, no, it's not, well, also, you know, Jeff Bezos and the other commercial carriers. NASA is starting to— Bezos
2: is doing his own thing, isn't he? What's I? that? It's...
0: Bezos has got his own commercial space program, and, and he's launching from uh, NASA facilities like Kennedy Space Center. So uh, I I guess, Rich, let me go back to the question. Are we experiencing the dumbing down of America when stories like uh, the black hole picture, the first female spacewalk, all the progress in in space travel, are are we starting to see us just kind of going, duh?
1: Well, I mean, I don't think this is a new phenomenon. (laughs) Um, I think that, you know, it goes back. I think part of it is that Americans get their news from the sources they want to get their news from. And if you want to hear, get all your news from you know TMZ and Current Affair. You have that liberty to do that. If you want to get it all from social media, you have that liberty to do that. It's not you know back in the days when everyone would watch Huntley or Brinkley or watch um, or watch Walter Cronkite. There are just so many different places for people to get their news today. And you know I think it began. I mean, look at the ratings for you know for The Jersey Shore, for example. People were absolutely infatuated with what, what people were like. With Is what, The Jersey what, Shore in space? Was like,
0: Wait, anyway, did he just Shore? <laughs> I mean people I'm sure Jersey would be more shore. interested in
1: in watching that show than they would in than they would in terms of, well, you know what else let me say another thing though. So when the moon landing, I mean that was revolutionary. I mean people could not believe that Americans actually were on the moon because we were actually on something other than earth. I mean I, I think you could argue that the progress has been so gradual and people just have so many other things to be interested in. Now that being said, if we found a way to get to Neptune then I think I think you would get the I think the coverage that you would see on the that you would see of this would probably even you know even trump what's going on right now with the, with the president but it's just been so gradual but I say if we get to Neptune it's a completely different story. No, but the, the space oh.
2: thing I think let's sticking with the space thing for a okay. second and I I'm, I actually had to look at this up as as a reminder. Um, it's no longer just U.S. or even U.S. or Russian. Uh, the Chinese have landed a probe on the moon. Uh, I believe the Indians, Indians are in space. Are in space. Um,
0: the European Space Agency is doing
2: a lot of work. I, I, I in have conjunction the, the, with the NASA. UAE has entered the space traveler list. Yeah, uh, I mean it's worth noting that while the United States is as a leader in in, in space, uh, it's a thing that the rest of the globe is catching up. Now, unfortunately, now to Rich's point that while uh, getting to the moon invol- involved a huge expenditure of money and half a million uh, Americans involved in the space program. Uh, unfortunately, many Americans would rather have a half a million people w- focused on the Jersey Shore or whatever other nonsense uh, or th- or Paris Hilton or the Kardashians or whatever. Right. But there is uh, – there are some pretty impressive things but is happening. This, is,
0: is that trend – where and and by the way Rich you are literally a pop culture speed bump sometimes you literally brought out the jersey shore which hasn't been relevant in about 15 years but okay we're going to go with that it still represents the dumbing down of america no no but but it was but, the beginning of it, it yeah, yeah absolutely but the thing about it is are we letting pop culture like the college admissions or you know scandal like the uh kardashians like the fact that Puff Daddy, or or, um, uh, P. Diddy, or... P. Diddy. Not P. Diddy. It was um, Kanye West. Kanye West and a Kardashian went into the White House and talked about social justice and criminal justice reform. I would think that there are probably better... So the fact that you couldn't tell the difference
2: between P. Diddy and... Kanye West. I'm going to let that stand for somebody else to critique.
0: Um, I'm so going to get beat down for that one, too. There are so many people at Shelly's that if they are listening, I'm going to hear about that. Um, and, uh, and they're texting. Uh, and they're texting. <laughs> and I am getting messages now. Yeah. Oh, crying out loud. I'm literally getting texts right now going, you don't know the difference between P, Diddy and Kanye? Are you an idiot?
2: Now now I will say and 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 this 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 I will project into the future. What's so while I am not a Kanye West fan by any stretch of the imagination. What is seemingly happening with the Kanye West and uh, – he, he's married to Kim Kardashian, right? I forget which Kardashian is married it, it's to. One, it's a Kardashian. Yeah, they met on a
1: dating site, I'm sure. It, it's
0: a Kardashian. <laughs> keep uh, going.
2: So the fact that she is actually doing some pretty impressive stuff with getting pardons from the president, which is baffling in and of itself, but she shouldn't be knocked for getting what she can. Um, I'm – Sort of convinced that Kanye is doing performance art for the president. This the president doesn't get it. We're not going to know about this for a few years until the president's out of office or until he is uh, t- taking his own his own personal space flights the great beyond. Um, but I, I have a suspicion that Kanye's little 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 actions in the White House m- m- might be uh, performance art because, well, he's just that kind of freak. Uh,
0: Shocking uh, that there's gambling in that casino. Wow, nice, nice Casablanca reference. From Casablanca to the Jersey Shore, I <clears throat> wanted to
1: encompass everything. Exactly, exactly. I just want to say, if you put the Jersey Shore in space or Kanye in space, you would have eyes on the space program.
0: You know, you know <laughs> Charlie doesn't say a lot, but when he does, it's very prolific, and I'm impressed by that. Hey, let's um, let's talk about some of the. Uh, oh, by the way, another two health issues that came up. Uh, that didn't get a lot of coverage that we talked about briefly is number one the the quick downfall and the quick uh, health hazards brought up by vaping and the prolific expansion of vaping into schools into public life. Uh, Rich Rubino is 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 this something that kind of got lost through the cracks that we should be paying attention to? This, I mean, this seems like a big health concern.
1: Yeah, I mean, it really came up. It, 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 it just proliferated, you know, so many people. A few years ago, how many people had heard of it, but in Massachusetts, actually, uh, Governor Baker signed an order essentially outlawing it, and there were people protesting in front of the state house because they were saying, you know, this is the way I got off cigarettes was by doing this. It was kind of a temporary, about a three-month um, window. They decided to do it because there were so many concerns. But a lot of people have really are really relying on this, like they're relying on medical marijuana, for example, and say that it's really kind of ameliorating their habits.
0: Yeah, I mean, Dan Lippner... Yes. The, the, so
2: the vaping thing is, so my, my inner conservative has been percolating on this for a while um, as far as... Uh, People trying to justify their existence. So the vaping issue, for, for those who don't know, um, kind of percolated up in, at the tail end of the year uh, with people receiving uh, l- lung damage, and they're trying to track down why.
0: Well, they tracked down
2: the reason. Yeah, they've also they've tracked it down, and Juul is not the perpetrator. Now, v- vaping taking off, and as far as minors. Uh, taking in nicotine products, yeah, Juul is it is, is a cause is the of standard. that. Is standard,
0: correct. However,
2: um, the issues as far as vaping versus cigarettes, yeah, there's a lot of evidence that suggests uh, vaping is far less dangerous uh, than cigarettes. Um, well, that, that,
0: that, well, the NIH and the CDC might disagree with
2: you. No, they don't. <laughs> really? Yes, because I, I've actually been f- following this for quite a while because the, the anti-smoking groups that immediately shifted to anti-vaping to justify their existence because, to their credit, uh, sm- uh Smoking of traditional cigarettes ha- ha- has plummeted in this country, um, in part because of other nicotine products, including vaping. However, the knockoff of vaping products, and this is what the, the actually a question of what is actually in the vapes themselves. Um, that's suddenly where the question lies. And the the knockoff thing. So this includes the cannabis or CBC, CD, CBD stuff uh, that you can get from less than reputable sources. Is actually where the injuries had been occurring, but in in the way that issues get hyped and and run across the board, um, it hasn't. isn't hasn't been how it's been played out because of. And this is politics with a small P, not Democrat or Republican. But people grandstanding where they can and not letting the evidence go where the evidence is actually leading them because they have other agendas at play.
0: Right. Um, let's talk a little bit. I mean, the other the other big health story that I want, I, I did want to mention is that you know with the anti-vax, uh, thing going on here in the United States, we got measles, baby. We got, yeah, <laughs> we, got, we got the highest. The more people were affected by measles for the first time. And since, I mean, we've seen the highest level of measles outbreaks since 1992. And the irony of ironies, it's actually in an upper anti-vax. middle class white bl-
2: white areas. <laughs> Places where people should know better.
0: Anti-vax, people. Go, yeah, anti-vax. That's, it's amazing. Third world I, countries are going, wait, you have access to you, this stuff and you don't <laughs> take it? What? <laughs> why, why the accent, dude? We're going to get heat on that. Thank you. Good God. So culturally insensitive.
2: I, 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 my 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 foreign language skills are lacking, so. Okay. You, um, but I, 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 you're I, killing m- many friends that are ha, have have emigrated don't, from the third go, world you to know, the you United just, States. Just yeah, they're, you know, they're your perplexed. Point is, <laughs> your point is valid. Why the hell
0: would you? We came to this country because we didn't want to die of these well, diseases. Yeah, <laughs> but your point is valid. You can do it without the accent. Um, hey, international. Let's talk about some of the international stuff. One of the big things that we didn't talk about that that's actually resurfaced lately. Is North There are other countries in the world. Th- there are. Uh, the, the Kim Jong Un apparently likes lighting big rockets on fire again. Yeah, mission and, Control to Major Tom. Uh, yeah, Rocket I mean, Man is there. He, Rocket Man <laughs> is starting to put. It, when we look at the latest developments, and then this odd relationship between Kim Jong Un and da- and Donald Trump, they write love notes. I, 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 I want to go to Rich on this. You're in time now. <laughs> yes, they Rich, do write love notes. <laughs> Rich, you're not, you're not helping. <laughs> Rich, but seriously, Rich Rubino, I mean, you know, if you listen to Donald Trump and his relationship with Kim Jong-un, he's a great guy, and we've got a great relationship, and he's not testing anything, and and he's on board, and we're talking all the time, and yet he just as recently as last week had made a big announcement that they are... Putting rockets up in the air at a facility that Donald Trump had declared dismantled, and there—wait—the president got something wrong. I know, shocking. Uh, <laughs> they, you know, they're they're continuing the development of their long-range missile systems. Uh, the the bigger What is the bigger news story? Is the fact that they are doing it again, or the fact that Kim Jong Un is playing us like a Stradivarius? Well,
1: I think Kim Jong-un probably understands American domestic politics, and one thing he understands is that Donald Trump, in the way, with the, with, certainly with the impeachment, wants to concurrent, some sort of achievement. And I think he's trying to say, you know, we're going to play hardball on this. And I think that, I think that that's, his, that's his ultimate strategy, but I do want to say that why Donald Trump respects Kim Jong-un so much – I think there's a certain nationalist strain in him, and it's also an autocratic strain in him. And I think he's in a sense jealous because Kim Jong Un doesn't have to deal with the United States Congress, doesn't have to deal with impeachment. I think that's the kind of a, that's the kind of a leader that Donald Trump wants to be. And the other thing is, you know, they both have very similar um, backgrounds, and they both prove that if you work hard, you know, study hard, you can achieve a lot in this life. And they both have gone from. Um, <laughs> And, you know, it's, ama- it's I mean, it's amazing. Look at Kim Jong Un. I mean, he's less than thirty years old, and he becomes the president of a country of twenty-two million people. I mean, can you imagine a greater achievement like that? Wait to see his next. Wait to see his next career move. You know, with everything that he's achieved so far, but it really just proves you work hard, you study hard, you can become a leader of a great country. When you say work hard, does that
0: include does that include putting your uncle on the front end of a large barrel cannon and pulling the trigger? I I th- those like triggers in, like are, are heavy. On the you know case. how much muscle power it takes to pull those triggers. <laughs> I know. Tr- <laughs> trust me, as a member of the military, I get it. But uh, from, I was thinking
1: more like in terms of how hard they worked in school, in terms of um, you know the hard scrabble background they came from. Actually,
2: oh, that's, that's true. That, that's actually not the biggest takeaway. What's the biggest takeaway? <laughs> um, uh, as far as the North Korea, so Rocket Man doing his thing, the White House announcing that they're planning another, another visit, and North Korea saying no. no. Um, is that a bigger
0: that's a bit I mean we're getting played I mean so is that our know, not, not
2: only getting played the biggest thing North Korea had wanted for decades' or
0: being made to look is like recognition
2: from not just the United States but from the president It was a, a huge deal when ex-president Bill Clinton made a trip to North Korea oh, yeah. to help get folks out of North Korea. And that was con- considered a PR coup for North Korea. The idea that they've already gotten everything they want from the White House, and they're like, "No, no, been there, done that. We don't need
1: that anymore." Right. What about <laughs> and before that, it was Bill Richardson was considered a big coup. Remember that? Right.
0: Right. Uh, l- let's talk a little bit about the Hong Kong protests. Are is that continuing to be a thing? Is that something that we will remember down the road? Is it going to have the same implication, the same impact as? Let's say Tiananmen Square. Dan Lipner.
2: Uh, It's just the beginning. Um, The Hong Kong protests. uh, Is that something that we're going to see could be a big, big, bigger news story in 2020? As far as the initial cracks on what's about to happen next, while we don't know what that is, I have trouble imagining, based on President Xi's comments, I believe it was today or yesterday, um, saying the uh, r- the the importance of Chinese nationalism uh, being present in in Hong Kong um, suggests that the protests are the 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 government has not yet uh, fired its last shot in trying to settle everything in Hong Kong.
0: Rich Rabina, you agree? Yeah, no, absolutely,
1: and I think that. You know, part of what's going on, in the United States is so domestically focused. I think that it's been kind, kind of, you know, almost like an, an afterthought what's going on over there. But it's, you know, it's obviously an elephantine issue, and it's going to be something that's probably going to be remembered worldwide as much as the Trump impeachment.
2: But, but as long as Fox News blames LeBron James for his stances <laughs> on Hong Kong,
0: because uh, you know,
2: King James is really, really, really where everything
0: lies. That's true. Uh, but this this lends to a, a, a bigger underlying story in this and and the big underlying story in international affairs the retreat of the united states yeah yeah i mean we're not seeing a lot of coverage because we've got so much going on with the impeachment we got so much going on with uh so much going on with uh the um presidential race coming up in 2020 we're so hyper focused on that that we're losing focus of the bigger picture literally
2: international leaders that are allies are literally laughing at the president of the United States. Right. And I, this includes people that are supposedly friends of this president, but, Boris Johnson.
0: With, with, but without that, <laughs> the, even without that... The president
2: thing, of France, president of Canada. No, no but I Literally I that. laughing at him. No,
0: I got that. But what I'm saying is, is, is aside from that, is, you know... That's not a small, small type, thing. Th- well, it, it's not, but that's already been covered. The, the other issues is... The underlying stories that we may not have touched on is, for example, if we didn't have the current administration in place, does any other administration let President G do the crackdown that he does without intervention of some sort by the international community led by possibly the U.S.? Or does every other administration just take a passive role like this one has? It wouldn't well, be. I think, again, hold hold on. Rich, go ahead. Go ahead, ahead. ahead, Rich.
1: No, I was just going to say I think that most administrations probably would, just because of the economic um, impact that it has, and because the trade issue is, I think, paramount to anything else. I remember when Bill Clinton ran in '92, he one of the things he was really populist on, and he criticized George H.W. Bush. used to talk about how you know he's being a friend of butchers and everything else and how he'd be against most favored nation status when he became president he changed his tune because he realized there's such that there's the two countries are so interconnected and the question is do you really want to risk any political capital you have on an issue that's internal to china go
2: ahead dan so rich i think you're overstating it ever so slightly not not hugely but the the wasting any political capital no, there was political capital expended, but it was expended carefully, and mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. and there were actual points and still tweaking China in the at the international level and letting it be known that by the way we care about this, and it was always on the table for everything as far as most favored nation and everything else. Now it may have been bargained away for not much but at least it was it, it was part of the the items that were up for trade for for, for international bargaining this administration's doing none of that
0: yeah rich Rabino, you know, the you, all this being considered and then you look at the pullout of troops from uh the support of Kurdish rebels moving into Saudi Arabia they just announced that they're going to be pulling 4,000 troops out of Afghanistan. Uh are are we losing ground and are we losing influential power in the areas of the Pacific Rim, the Middle East, and are we losing that ground to people like China and Russia?
1: Um not in terms of taking troops out, I think actually, you know, keeping troops in part of when you know go back to, 9, to 9/11, one of the, one of Osama bin Laden's cardinal objectives was with the attack was that he was going to bankrupt the United States because he'd be spending so much money in Iraq, he'd be spending so much money in Afghanistan that they wouldn't be able to spend it domestically. And get us out of Saudi Arabia, gotten everything he wanted. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He got he, – his, object, his objective his, – everything – all of his objectives were essentially achieved, even though you know a lot of people in the United States had the idea that he was you know going after us because of our freedom, like George W. Bush said. But he actually had very stated reasons why what he was opposed to in his fatwa, and one of them is he wanted troops out of Saudi Arabia. And, but, I mean, that's what – that was his ultimate goal, though, was to um, – was, that was the ultimate goal of Osama bin Laden was essentially to bankrupt us, so as long as we're having troops over in other countries, as long as we're spending money, we're spending, you know, $6 trillion in Iraq and Afghanistan, I think it's more, I think it's more the trade relationship um, that we've lost ground on, in part because, you know, um, when, um, for example, there was a trade agreement with President, where President Obama had agreed to that most Democrats were opposed to, and then as soon as Donald Trump gets in, he gets out of that, and then so eventually essentially, China can use more influence with some of those Asian with some of those Asian countries. But in terms of bringing troops home, um, I think the, I think retrenching from retrenching from foreign adventures. I mean, you have to do it very judiciously, but retrenching actually I think saves money and probably and I think certainly saves money in the long run for the United States. And I don't think that the prestige. Um, I don't think it necessarily lessens any prestige in the United States because um, I think they're look they're more interested in the trade relationship than they are in why we still have troops in and, Afghanistan. You know, go back to not, go back to right right after 9/11 when they made the resolution on September 14th to go into give President George H.W. Bush a, George W. Bush carte blanche to go into essentially Afghanistan. There was only one member of the House of Representatives, Barbara Lee from California, who opposed it, and she ended up having to have. Um, she ended up having to have security and the Capitol Hill security protecting her because everyone was so opposed to it. But now you look in 2019, who in 2001 thought that the United States would still have troops in Afghanistan in 2019? And at the situation and that there's that there essentially would still be no victory after all those years.
2: Dan, let me real quick. So it's important to that that that. We be different um, a, a, on the show. So the Afghanistan issue was just released. This is a Pentagon Papers Part Two. Is it yeah. the, the that the two trillion dollars spent in Afghanistan, and that was trillion with a T, right? Um, seems to have been misspent. Uh, that for decades, decades now, uh, we are in decade two. So it's in a plural. Um, of our time in Afghanistan, of, of, of the Pentagon saying, oh, we're making progress, we're making progress, we're making progress, not so much. Um, it, there is a genuine question if we just wrote checks to each of the Afghani people for those $2 trillion to just to buy our friends, uh, whether or not that would have been more beneficial than actually putting troops on the ground. Right. Um, as for, and But that's in contrast to what we did in, as far as pulling out of the Kurds. There's a overall dumbing down of U.S. policy and how we we're doing things and, and how said people about, are engaging. Could that
0: be said about our foreign policy in total?
2: In the last three years, absolutely, and, 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 and unfortunately, it's not party specific because the there's a
0: lot of stuff that the Obama the, administration did wrong uh, and the Bush administration the 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 the
2: the 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 Pacific trade uh, uh, deal that was out there um, the question that was never asked for all the Democrats that were against it. Um, and for Donald Trump being against it is about what, what happens if we're not involved. Um, so for all the imperfections people were claiming, yeah, what Rich is pointing out, and it's like, yeah, if there is a vacuum, somebody's going to fill it, and the other right. person who's going to fill it is China, right. and China doesn't right. care about human rights right. or environmental issues.
0: Yeah. Real quickly, <laughs> but, Rich, go ahead.
1: But, you know, when people ask why people support Tulsi Gabbard, and why people are say, you know, when, when or for that matter, why people supported Jill Stein last time when she said that Donald Trump was essentially was, but Hillary Clinton was as bad as Donald Trump. It's, it's these foreign inventors that they view as imperialism. They view what they call it, the military-industrial complex. Ron Paul ran on it on the right in 2008 right. and 2012 right. as well. Basically, they think that no matter which administration you have, you're still going to have drone strikes. You're still going to have economic sanctions. And that there needs to be a complete transmogrification of the body politic in order to change that. And that's why, that's why people are attracted to, to, to folks like Tulsi Gabbard. They basically believe that both sides are the same and they're right. basically imperialists. That's the argument.
2: Right. And the Russian support. Yeah, that's true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. We we've, we've only got a few minutes left uh for this last show of of 2019. I mean, there's a bunch of stories we can talk about Notre Dame catching on fire. That's uh, that's those are our scenes and visions that we will remember I mean, centuries down football, the road. In football, they're going to be better next season. Oh, good. I mean, no, no, just no, no, saying. no no no. Dame <laughs> The no, cathedral, you know. jackass! Oh, You're uh, the oh, I do not believe I'm addressing this. Well, they put the <laughs> judge presidential no. library
1: at, at, at Notre Dame? By you know the way.
0: what? I'm, you know what? Both of you are on timeout. <laughs> Jesus. Um, the uh, you know we didn't talk about Notre Dame catching on fire. We you know there's uh, Theresa May stepping down, Boris Johnson taking over. Um, both British. Yeah, all British. Yeah. Oh well, Royal baby, Archie Mountbatten Windsor. Can't forget the baby. More British, more British. Um, so you're an Anglophile, is what you're telling us? I, I am. <laughs> I am. Done a lot of work with Parliament and the, and the British government. I, I, I love my British friends. and my Canadian friends. Uh, the, oh the other, oh the other big story, Nationals won the World Series, baby. Yeah, that's right. Your Washington Nationals are baseball's World Champion for 2019. Uh, that was a big story. Uh, and by the way, thank you, Eric Thomas, for uh, putting that in our our uh, cap uh, recap of twenty nineteen. Hey, um, a lot of people make this happen. A lot of people. It takes a lot of work. My son was born in twenty nineteen. That's that's true. Wow. would you put him up there with a Mountbatten? Absolutely. Windsor. Okay. Absolutely. Right. Actually, I, I won't but, disagree with uh, you. Uh, Isaac is cuter than Baby Yoda. And he's so happy. He is. So happy. And and you know what? Actually, I I honestly believe that Dan's new nickname for his son is, in fact, now Baby Yoda. Don't. That'll that'll haunt him forever. Anyway. um, Cuter than Baby baby Yoda he is. Stop. Oh, just stop. (laughs) Um, Look, it takes... a good father you are. you're, you're, You're not helping this, Charlie. You know? Don't encourage him. Hey, um... We are about to enter into our 10th year of backroom politics and what started off as kind of a gathering of a couple of old politicos in a cigar bar in Washington downtown Washington DC has turned into what we have today. Uh it takes a lot of work, takes a lot of people supporting us, a lot of people having a lot of faith in us and it, and i want to i want to thank them uh we we had our entire intern staff that came through uh this year that were incredibly helpful a uh, special shout out to the intern program up at american university that provides us with a lot of support uh want to give a special shout out to uh our former producer who's still kind of on the books Uh, Audrey Howerton. Uh, Many of you remember Audrey coming on on the air with us every once in a while. Uh, A special shout out to our current producer, Eric Thomas, who's done a great job of keeping us going and and keeping us rolling. Um, I want to give a really special shout out to... Uh, podcast Village and Oscar and Charlie and Rob Yay. the engineer and and Maddie now, in all seriousness I, I mean this in all seriousness, we cannot do this without you guys' support you guys have been fantastic supporters of this program uh if you are planning on doing a podcast you got and you 're in the national capital region you 've got to check out podcast Village. Uh they have been fantastic supporters of backroom politics. Um Maddie Maddie the engineer has been a great kind of recent addition to our team. Maddie, thank you for all you do. Uh they don't pay you enough to deal with this crap. I can tell you that right now. Hey now. Hey, hey, hey. She's nodding her head like she you're right. They don't pay me enough to deal with this crap. Um now I don't need your help. Yeah, exactly. 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 Um, Going into 2020, uh, again, this takes a lot of work. A lot of people have been supportive. uh, But it's going to start taking some real hardcore support going into 2020. Um, If you're listening, if you download us and you listen to us on a regular basis, uh, (coughs) we've started talking about our GoFundMe page. Well, for the first time, backroom Backroom Politics is doing a pledge drive. We need your support to keep this going. Uh, this, you know, we don't make any money. I've been funding it out of my own pocket for many years, but to get the, the quality support that we get from an organization like podcast village, to get the support that we get from the professional staff that helps us out and the, uh, and the people that help put this together, it takes funding. And if you have a chance, please go to our GoFundMe page. You can find it, uh, on our Twitter account. We're routinely putting that up. Uh, if you follow me on Facebook, you can find it there. Our Instagram has it posted. Uh, $5, $50, $500, any amount will, will go to help keeping this the best political podcast that you've never downloaded. Uh, and again, a special shout out to the folks at Podcast Village. We can't do this without you. We're truly thankful. Charlie and Oscar, you guys have been great benefactors. Uh, With that, uh, we want to wish everybody out there that listens to us a magical and happy holiday season, uh, a very safe and happy new year. Uh, We will see you in 2020 as we kick off our 10th year of backroom politics. Uh, On behalf of the regulars, uh, Alan uh alan moore who's not here with us today laura chavez who has not uh, been with us for a while uh we've got uh rich Rabino out there in massachusetts obviously uh myself the moderator justin russell don't forget ken ken oh admiral ken we miss admiral ken ken yeah admiral ken caradine we really do miss him. we gotta get him back on if we can Uh, Admiral Ken Carradine, uh, there's so many others that I can't list. But uh, to all those, on behalf of everybody at Backroom Politics, have a safe and happy new year. We'll see you in 2020. Thanks. See you next year.